Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, and I'm also playing Elden Ring. Chances are, so are you. It's been dominating our lives since launch day. I'm about 60-ish hours in. I know people are 100 plus, etc., etc. There's a hell of a lot to talk about when it comes to tips and tricks and things that you likely didn't see all around the open world itself. Now, this is one of the most hyper-detailed games possibly ever made. It's made to be uncovered over time, and these are just various things that I've found in my travels, alongside some help with specific members of the community to put together the best tips and tricks the game never told you. Because there's all sorts of different things that you could do with a pointer to find out. So I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com and this is Elden Ring, 17 tips and tricks the game never told you. Number 17, use crystal darts to make some enemies attack each other. Chances are you've got a whole bunch of crystal darts at this point. They're strewn across the west side of the map. You'll find them in the Rhea Lucaria Academy, and you can find them in various other places. Now, if you like the idea of throwing different knives at different enemies, you're probably using the Kokiri or the other throwing daggers. However, the crystal darts, when used on other, uh, let's say, constructed enemies, like the Erdtree Watchdogs or like the, uh, the Stone Imps that you can find, they make them go crazy and attack each other, which is extremely helpful if you're up against the twin Erdtree Watchdogs both at once. You can make one of them attack the other, as a few different players online have found. Number 16, weather boosts damage output. Honestly, there's quite a lot of Breath of the Wild in Elden Ring when it comes to just having fun with the various elements of the world itself, which is to say that when it rains in Elden Ring, kind of like Breath of the Wild, when it rained over there, you could put a metal item down on the ground and a lightning bolt would strike it, doing a bunch of damage. Weather also affects combat here too. So if it's raining, that will boost lightning damage, but it'll negate fire damage. Also, if you happen to see a bunch of golden, I don't know, golden flakes around you, whatever the hell we want to call those things, that boosts rune acquisition. So you want to make the most of taking out as many enemies as possible in this window because you'll be getting a whole bunch more runes in the process. Number 15, hit L3 to order your inventory. Why this wasn't in the big patch that they just did that added like map markers and all sorts of different tweaks and buffs and everything else, I have no idea. But if you hit L3 when you're in the inventory itself, it'll pop up and ask you how you want to order it. You can order by item acquisition itself, recency of when you picked something up. You can order by different, just a bunch of different categories that just aren't flagged at all. They're not even on the part of the UI itself, telling you that you can order this insane inventory that once you're multiple tens of hours in will be full of tons of different items that you need to try and get your head around. Number 14, 
Dual hand a weapon with a torch to maintain its effects. Elden Ring has a whole bunch of different torches in the game and you'll likely be thinking that that only means that they work in regards to a light source. Not the case. There are various other torches that you would usually have equipped that do things like calm different enemies down. There's a one called the Beast Repellent Torch and um, that makes it so the dogs and different animals like bears or whatever don't just jump at you like they do most of the time. And there's also a Sentry Torch as well that lets you see invisible enemies. So these are really valuable, helpful things to have on your person. However, you don't need to have the torch active in one of your hands for its effects to still be active. Um, if you do the whole jewel wield thing, let's say you have a torch in your left hand and a blade in your right hand, hold Y, hold triangle and press R1 or RB to grab that weapon with both hands, you'll put the torch on your back. Now this doesn't mean that the light effects stay, you know, from a standard torch, but it does mean that the beast repellent or the sentry or whatever other torches you can find, their effects are still active even though the torch itself is not ignited and it's just sitting on your back. Number 13, use spirit summons to locate and visible enemies. This one came from the almighty, the king of us all, Vati Vidya, who over in his tips and tricks video was pointing out that when he was fighting an invisible enemy, he was actually using one of these spirit summons to track where it was in the arena itself. Now in various fights against invisible enemies, look all around you for different clues as to where something is. Maybe you're fighting in a pool of water, you can maybe track where something's footsteps are or something like that. Point being though, that if you just want to summon an ally next to you, the AI will always track where something specifically is, letting you know exactly where you should be attacking. Number 12. There are plunge attack animations for certain enemies. Another from Vati, which has also been found by various members of the overall Souls community, or whatever we want to call it, Elden Ring does have plunge attacks, an old-school Dark Souls favorite um, that we used against the Asylum Demon back in the original Dark Souls. Here, it's really weird, because certain enemies have really awkward hitboxes, and that means that it's a lot of people just didn't realize that you could do a specific plunge animation, um, depending on what the enemy is. The one that Vati showed off in his video that's also been shown by Winston Wolf, um, shout out to them, is one of the enemies that you can find over in Kaled. It's this giant mechanical contraption full of explosives that's being driven by one of the soldiers and if you jump on top of it and press R1 slash RB when your feet are about to touch its head you'll warp into the animation where you're just plunging your blade straight directly into its head. It looks a lot like the way that Link killed Ganon at the end of Wind Waker. It's just a full-on old-school down-in-the-head style plunge um, but the jury's out as to which other enemies this applies to so start jumping around and seeing which other enemies you can plunge a blade into. Number 11, always use R3 to hunt for enemies. Call me an old school veteran Souls player, but I would encourage getting into the habit of always just clicking R3 while you're walking through any new area. Um, from Software slash Hidetaka Miyazaki love hiding enemies, bosses, whatever, mini bosses around corners. They love just catching you out with stuff. Um, and while that, you know, has its intended effect most of the time, you can get the jump on enemies by just clicking the right stick in and letting the camera itself do the work. Just pan the camera over the environment, over a dark room as you're wandering into a cave or a dungeon or whatever, and find some stuff that's about to get the drop on you instead. Number 10, remove all skills from your shield. This one's a little bit contentious because I know that Mr. Josh Brown in the other room over there likes having shield skills equipped because there are various things like being able to kick or being able to parry um, that is just super helpful. However, my overall tip would be to remove skills from your shield. Just literally equip the no skill option um, so that you can then use your weapon skills because for me, there's just way more variety in the weapon skills themselves. Whether it be um, you know the Bloodhound Blade that lets you do the backflip followed up by the Heavy Attack Charge and um, whether it's just 
different uh, ranged attacks that maybe certain blades can do where you're sending out a beam of holy light or whatever. I just think that you have more options if you make it so that your shield has no skill. Therefore, when you press L2, it'll treat the uh, weapon that you have equipped as if you were dual handing it. And it means that you can just do whatever your weapon's skill is whilst also holding a shield. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number nine, poison and scarlet rot damage is your friend. Seek the Dragon Communion. Another thing in that school of Breath of the Wild mentalities in terms of thinking about elements while you're playing, different magic types do way more elemental damage to specific enemy types in Elden Ring than I've ever seen in any previous Souls game before. And I'm going to go with Souls game, Souls game, Soulsborne game, Souls-like, whatever. Point being that if you're playing Elden Ring, know that gravity magic works well against airborne enemies. Know that sleep works well against godskin enemies. And know that holy works very well against cursed enemies. Now, some of these things overlap. Some of these enemies are hard to tell what type they are so start experimenting but most of the time you can hazard a guess as to what's going to work on something um, alongside that I've found that Scarlet Rot and Poison are the two uh, elemental types damage types to spec towards and um, if you seek the dragon communion if you've killed any number of dragons and you get their hearts and you find the dragon church inside Kaled, you can offer these hearts up to get specific dragon summon spells that will let you literally breathe Scarlet Rot onto an enemy type this works against bosses as well however quite a lot of them do have resistances so they don't and stay um, under the effects of the curse for very long. But point being that you can just boff out a whole bunch of Scarlet Rot against a number of enemies and let the Scarlet Rot do the work for you. Number eight, golden-eyed enemies give four to five times the amount of runes. 
Super simple thing here, but keep an eye out for enemies with golden eyes. They're a little bit harder to kill, but they will give you four to five times the amount of runes if you can manage to take them down. Although there's no proven way to guarantee you're going to summon one of these things, I have found that when I'm revisiting older areas, especially from nearer the beginning of the game, or at least that part of the map, um, they tend to show up more frequently. So go explore, go find an older area that maybe you've sworn off because you think you're way too powerful to be there anymore, and the four to five times multiplier on the runes will still make that acquisition worthwhile. Number seven, alternate shoulder buttons to escape grab attacks. If there's one thing I hate just fighting in all of these games, it's being stunlocked and then grabbed by an enemy. Now, other Souls games have had ways for you to get out of various grabs with specific methods, specific equipment, whatever. Um, in Elden Ring, if you get grabbed by something and you go into that any lengthy animation that is just doing damage over time, chances are, as your health bar is going down incrementally, if you just jam on the shoulder buttons, L1, R1, LB, RB, over and over again, you'll be able to interrupt the full length of that animation playing out and hopefully save yourself from dying. Number six, hold D-pad directions to reset item cycles. A super helpful tip that I think originated in Dark Souls 3, that's where my mind is pulling it from. Elden Ring also has that game's thing where you can hold D-pad down or hold the D-pad up and reset to whatever the first thing was in that slot. So if you want to make sure that your healing item, let's just call it the Estus Flask for the sake of getting there, if you equip that in the first slot in your inventory, whenever you then hold down, it'll reset to that point, meaning you can heal faster when you're in battle rather than tapping down over and over again and just hoping for the best. The same thing happens with spells. If you to make sure that you have a more reliable spell like i said the dragon breathing uh, breathing out scarlet rod is the thing that i default to put that in the first slot and whenever you hold up you'll get back to that slot so you can use it faster than you would be able to before Number five, see just how many runes you've acquired. Now, I don't mean look towards the bottom right of the UI itself for the, you know, the active golden rune readout thing. I mean the golden runes that you pick up, the actual items that you pick up that literally just say golden rune, square brackets, one, two, ten, whatever. At the very beginning of the game, I thought this literally meant that I was picking up one golden rune or two golden runes, uh, when instead it, it more refers to a level of golden rune that you've picked up. And um, there's a whole bunch of different golden rune types, uh, the basic amount that says golden rune um, goes from 1 to 13 and they are worth um, varying amounts of runes themselves when crunched inside the inventory. A lot of players don't realize just how many golden runes they're sitting on because they assume that they're being factored into their overall total when instead you need to go into the inventory and select the golden rune and crunch it to release all the runes within. Um, golden rune 1 is worth 200 runes, golden rune 13 is worth like 10,000 um, but my overall point here is that if you want to know how many runes are sitting inside a given golden rune, go to a merchant and try try to sell that rune. The exact amount that it's worth is how much you can crunch it for to get the runes back yourself. So I guess you could just sell it there and then, but it'll give you an idea of what you're picking up if you want to crunch runes in between merchants and make sure that you're getting the most out of everything that you're acquiring along the way. Number four, you can heal and attack on ladders. Another Dark Souls bloodborne thing that carries over, dive onto a ladder and your light attack will punch upwards while your heavy attack will kick downwards. So if you have any human enemies or humanoid enemies that are chasing after you, take the fight onto a ladder and just get to kicking them in the head until they fall to their death. You can also heal on a ladder, so if you need to take a break away from a boss, maybe that really annoying pumpkin-headed thing that you fight in Kaled, um, just dip down onto the ladder and drink, uh, again, I don't know what they call it, the Grace Estus Flask to get some of your health back, and then when you re-emerge, you're a hell of a lot better to take that thing on. Number three, your character is fully movable while paused. 
Now this legit requires like a claw hand, uh, kind of like the claw hand you have to do if you're trying to resurrect Torrent the horse in the middle of combat, because the game just defaults to saying no in terms of using one of your um, Estus Flask things to resurrect your horse, and you've kind of got to use a weird D-pad claw whilst using the analog stick to move your character and use the menu at the same time. It's this mentality that carries over. It's not a very um, easy thing to do, but you can move your character underneath the menus while paused. Um, if you're trying to access certain items, if you're trying to get out the way of danger while you're trying to apply one of the grease items or whatever and the analog stick left analog stick will always move your character while the d-pad and the face buttons will control the menus combined you can get out of dodge you can get some space from a boss whilst equipping something else or doing whatever you want to do inside the menus hopefully avoiding death number two dismount an enemy for a secret finisher. Now for me, I am terrible at parrying and getting the timing right for that, but good old Josh Brown found this thing that if you parry an enemy on horseback as they come towards you, you'll knock them off the horse altogether and they'll be left in a specific state on the ground where you can run up and do a, again, a specific animated finisher where you just plunge the blade directly down into them, usually for a one-hit kill. And number one, practice lock-on etiquette. Now, I'm calling this lock-on etiquette, but any veteran souls people will know exactly what I mean, and that is to say that if you're new to Elden Ring, if you're new to the overall souls vibe, you might be waiting, let's say, until something like the lock-on of an enemy de-locks before you move to the next creature. Now, this is a weird thing to point out because it's very specific, and the comments might be able to help me with this too, but overall, you should always be scanning for the next enemy. You should always be scanning the room around you. You should always be looking to the next threat, and um, that is key to managing multiple enemies. You always want to make sure that your de-lock and relocking to something else. Um, alongside, like I said, if you're entering in a, an area, you want to make sure uh, which enemies are actually ahead of you. But there is a lock-on etiquette to the way that you play the Souls games overall. And it comes down to always managing your environment, always rotating the camera around. Um, you know, if you're in the middle of a backstab animation or any sort of animation where you're invulnerable for a while, you've got some iframes for a while, um, de-lock, look around, maybe relock again. Get used to being as comfortable as possible, locking, unlocking as many enemies as possible to get Get a full feel of exactly how much danger you're in. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.